Going live, recording. We're just doing this thing. Because nothing says love like Sunny and Wild at Heart. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the B-movie battle sanctioned by the government of Wonderland. Swear words of class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the show. All other swear words are restricted. Wonderland officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the show and shall not be harmed. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for one continuous hour. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until the review concludes. Blessed be our Wonderland leaders in America, a nation reborn. B-movie battle is now in effect. Welcome to B-Movie Battle Episode 70, Nick Cagecast Episode 47. You could have turned that off at any time, but you chose not to, Dick. Oh, my bad. I forgot I have control of that. <laughs> the whole uh, time I'm you like, took the time out, you, you took the time out to make it. I appreciate <laughs> I'm it. I'm on Thank the you. big screen. I should, just, I should just go to the screen where I can play with things. You're, you're looking you out for my well-being as far as spending time on clips. You, I appreciate you, it. Yeah, I think it's important. The link doesn't bother me, but I, I also made the thing, so, yeah, who knows. Anyway, welcome to B-Movie exactly. Battle. I am Phoenix West. Dick Dickett. Today, literally today, I watched Wild at Heart. Dick, you watched it yesterday? I watched it yesterday, and actually it was the first time I'd ever watched it. Wow. I had never, I've seen pieces of it, but I never watched the whole thing. And I'm glad I finally sat down to watch it, because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Yeah. I really liked this movie a lot. It's a movie I put off watching because you hear Laura Dern, you hear David Lynch. They've worked together a lot. And then you throw in the Nick Cage effect, and that's kind of a curveball into the story. And I'm like, hmm. That's my snake. My <laughs> yeah. leather snake jacket. It, it is in a power. It is an appendage. Or it's a, uh, what was it? Um, representation of my individuality. Representation of my individuality. Something like that. My representation of my individuality and my, and my choice of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> he says that a couple oh times. He does. I I did enjoy that. I thought that was pretty damn funny. Yeah, they, and that was really his snakeskin coat. It was, and you hear it creaking the coat. entire movie. You really do. It's very very audible. Especially that scene where he's sitting at the bar with Willem Dafoe, and he's like, he's drinking the beer, and Willem Dafoe yeah. is like, "You were gonna go do this job. Nobody gets hurt." And his weird meth yeah. teeth, and it's like, oh, his teeth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you think I've that's on purpose? It, there's no way the sound mixing was that loud. Like they clearly were like, "All right, Nick, uh, just go ahead and roll around in that thing. I'll throw it on top, and it'll cover all dialogue." I want to get copy. I want to get more sound of that jacket. God damn it! <laughs> so I do want to say one thing before we really get into it. I watched this movie on my phone because fuck oh. you, David Lynch. Wow, that's saying something right there. Now, if you're playing the movie on a telephone, 
you will never in a trillion years experience the film. You'll think you have experienced it, but you'll be <clears throat> cheated. It's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone. Get real. Watched it on my phone and I enjoyed it, so what does that say? He's right, you're wrong, shut up. <laughs> no, you're, Why don't you go fuck yourself? The first time I watched it, I definitely did not watch it on my phone. I only watched it on my phone out of necessity today, because I was like... In, in, 19, in 1990, did you have a cell phone that could watch TV? Or watch that clip's not from 1990. No, I know, I understand that. <laughs> that clip's from a short film era, where those are on yeah. your phone, you have a phone that you can watch that shit with. I don't disagree with David Lynch, but also at the same time, I kind of hate and love David Lynch. I have a weird yeah. relationship with him. He's one of those guys that, like, he shades of John Waters. Yes, he's a, like, he's a classy that, John Waters. Well, I think that one bit, it, like, it, I'm following the movie, and all of a sudden you got three big fat ladies come out naked doing a porno Texas style in some trailer park, and that comes out of nowhere. Literally nowhere. I can't even like, show oh, it. Feels like that sounds like uh, John Waters to me. Yeah, it's classy John Waters. Yeah. Here, and here's the thing about David Lynch. We've talked about him a lot on various shows. I think I would really enjoy a conversation with a man, like just a oh, regular yeah. conversation. But it doesn't. Not a good artist does that make. Well, let's let's have a little but, let's have a practice. Yes. Let's have a practice. What do you want to talk about? Oh, okay. David, uh, I saw the movie Wild at Heart. Why the big fat Texas uh, fat ladies? Why were they Fuck naked? Fuck you. Okay, David. Uh, why the constant same song throughout the entire movie and your other movies? It's the same song in all your movies. I, I, I like it. It doesn't bother me. I don't notice it. So um, go fuck your ears. Uh, do, do you want to go to Bob's Big Boy? Fuck that. I thought you liked being there. You don't even like that no, now that I'm asking you about it. that's a lie. I'm so sick of these lies. <laughs> <laughs> David, I watched the movie on my phone. Oh, I can't even look at you anymore. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. But I love I'm the movie. Smoke five packs of cigarettes and live. But I, I love the movie, David. Meditation. Does That's that... fine. No, 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 no reaction. No! Okay. Go to hell! You're actually giving more answers in interviews than David Lynch does, where he just goes, no! No! That's all he does. That's the part of him I love. Because it's. I just remember him being in front of um, Tower Records with a cow when he was selling Inland Empire. Remember that? <laughs> I don't remember the cow he part, but cow. I remember. I, yeah. He had a cow with him, I think. He had a live cow. Just, buy the DVD! Just in middle of Hollywood. It. And now Tower Records is long gone. I think it's like torn down, long gone. Yeah, Colin Hanks made a movie about it. Yeah, saw that. Was it called The F Fall of Tower Records or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. I, I always yeah, like meant like... to get around to it. I don't watch documentaries that much because I find them depressing for it's the most good. part. Yeah, but I think the best part is when Elton John is walking around the Tower Records in, on Sunset and he's buying like five thousand dollars <laughs> worth of records. It's just like he pulls up in a limo and he just like all he does is he's essentially buying every new record that came out that day. And he's got like a stack of records that are like taller than his car. It was quite impressive. Just okay. But David Lynch, All no. All LPs. David Lynch, I both love and hate. And this is a, mm. in the love category. I really do love this movie. I, it's not 
going to be high of a rating at the end, you'll find out, that you might think it would, based on what I just said. Because right. I think there's a lot of faults in this movie. But this is in the category of, like, he's a really good director. And he f- this is the right amount of uh, storytelling with the weird shit mixed in, like, peppered in. And then his other movies are just, just the weird shit and some stories thrown in. And good luck figuring it out. This one's more of his love story. This is like a total yeah. love story. So it works as a, as a genre. Like, this is a love story. It's, it's nothing more than that. And it has, like, little r- ridiculous sidebars where Dean St- or Henry D. Stanton is taken by the guy from The Crow, some black <laughs> dude, and the girl from other David Lynch shows where she goes, <laughs> she goes crazy. Yeah. Fuck me. Fuck me. Oh, there's so much weird now. shit in this movie, but it's put together fuck well me enough. Now, Reggie. That's what it was. Were you not constantly thinking that this movie's the prototype for Oliver Stone when he made Natural Born Killers? It's very similar. A little bit. It's a little very, bit. Yeah, I would say, I well, I mean, uh, Natural Born Killers goes a little bit more kookula, especially with the sitcom bent. Yeah, he goes with with Ronnie Dangerfield, and it's a sitcom. He's like a dirty pervert father, and he like molests her and shit. And it's just like it's kind of it goes further than I would say this movie goes. Yeah, it, it does go further for sure, and it, go, it takes the craziness up. It's not wacky that movie; it's crazy. Yes, like this, eventually this wacky. Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Tommy Lee Jones' head is on a spike in the prison. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah pretty much thrown. Right. Like it's crazy. It's the movie's like no. octane up to ten. Like just yeah. But this movie does feel very similar to me, especially the first half. Not so much the second half. The first half is like. Very similar beat wise, you know. It's got the the, right. the the two loser couple who gets together. She's obsessed with them for some reason. They have to get overcome the parents, and in that in Natural Born Killers, they just flat out kill Ronnie Dangerfield. Right? Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. they drown him in a fish tank in that movie? Yes, they do. Yeah. Okay. I was trying. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, but I love it. Um, this one, they just do they ever? Is there ever a resolution to her character? To the mom's character, or she just goes crazy, right? No, she goes crazy, and the picture disappears because she spilt water on it. She throws water on it, and she disappears like the Wicked Witch of the West. Okay, which yeah. is the motif, which is the motif that carries throughout the entire movie. Two motifs: Wizard of Oz thing, yeah, Wizard of Oz and Elvis. Yes, well, this is Nick Cage embracing Elvis. his Elvis, his full-on Elvis. And he never really got out of it. I think in every movie he still channels that Elvis bit. How again? He's got that Elvis in him. This is our second movie where we can bring this up. How weird is it that he was Elvis in this movie? Look at him. Look at this front cover. It's an Elvis cover. Yeah. He, he's Elvis in this movie. He's he does Elvis. He flies with the flying Elvises in uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. Right. And well, then he marries Elvis's Elvis's daughter in real life. Oh yeah. Well, that was that's all art imitating life. That's so weird though. And life imitating art. It's just because he's such a nut, and I'm sure he, like he probably wanted Priscilla, but he settled for the next best thing, which was Lisa Marie. And then like he realized he couldn't like eat peanut butter and nanner sandwiches at Graceland, so he probably was like disappointed. Yeah, fuck this. I'm gonna do this no more, man. I wanted to go. I wanted to watch the three TVs and sound his commode. How many TVs do you think he shot when he was dating her or married to her? Oh, I I think <laughs> yeah, he's still to this day. He's still shooting TV. I'm not getting that feeling. Ja- hey, James Franco takes out a TV in Sunny. Did you see that part? No. 
We'll get to that next episode. Nick Cage following the Elvis, following his Elvis obsession to a T. Sonny's going to be a very different podcast or different different show. Very short. (laughs) Very, very short. Yeah. This one I I didn't want to skim through. Right. I I wanted to rewatch it again because there's a lot going on in this movie. Well, at the same time, almost nothing happening in this movie. There's really only a few plot that. points, but there's a lot of like minor stuff that adds up to the movie, and that's kind of like David Lynch's right. genius. It's, yeah, it's it's just uh, David Lynch always likes those random weird characters that are behind the scenes and the big bad guys, and there's always naked chicks in the background doing something weird, and they're into weird fetishes, and like he looks at that like he looks at the club foot of that woman, he's like, Ugh. <laughs> he gets all horny. Look at the big club foot. You see, the, uh, whatever that woman is, <laughs> you see Willem Dafoe yeah. flat out finger banging over the pants of. Uh, oh Lord yeah, Dern. and then fuck, he goes, "Say, say, you want to fuck me? Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, say, fuck me." And then he goes, "Maybe later." <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little busy right now. I'm a little busy. Maybe later. <laughs> that I fucking died laughing. When he pulled that shit, when he just jumps off, hey, you want to fuck like a rabbit? You want to a rabbit? You want to fuck like a rabbit? I thought rabbits were moving fast. I like how fast he's he moves just... into that because he's like, you all right? Yeah. You, you look a little sick. You want to yeah, fuck? Very, he's very calm <laughs> like... and nice, and then he's just fucking creepy. But you know the second he, he walks in that door, psycho. when you, it's a very yeah. David Lynch framing when he walks in there because he's got like 16 yeah. feet of headroom like my mom took shot it. And it's just... Right. It's like, oh, this creep. And then just based on Laura Dern's, like, uh, you're like, oh, something weird's going to happen. Look at his teeth. Look at how oh, creepy yeah. he is. You're waiting for Those it. And he teeth. takes a full-on piss. Yeah. yeah. Did you read the IMDb trivia where he really took I, a piss? I did read the, yeah. yeah, he really did. <laughs> and he felt bad because he didn't realize it didn't work. And yeah. He clean it. And he was like, oh, he felt bad about that because he didn't know that was the fact that, yeah. he, that happened. So, yeah. that, I would feel bad. Good on, but also, good it's on a toilet. Oh, he's human. Yeah. Yeah, it's a toilet, you know. Here's a question. By itself. Why put fake creepy teeth in Willem Dafoe's face? He's already weird and creepy. Are... <laughs> this brought up to 11, I think. You know what I Those just realized? teeth are in 11. I just realized something. We have half the cast of Spider-Man here in these two movies. Yes, you do. We need a Tobey Maguire and we need a Kirsten Dunst. And we're good. Or if Chris... Well... If you wouldn't have fast forward, you if Sony, you would have seen that scene of Toby Maguire and Kristen Dunst fucking in. No, I'm trying to do it. That didn't happen. It's Sonny. And so, just for no reason. Happening. For uh, no reason. Handheld Nick Cage's. But they did have upside down kissing like Spider Man. I saw that. There's a lot of upside down kissing. I was like, yeah, hey, that's Spider Man. That reminds me of Spider Man. So you're after Amy though. Stole no, other way around. This movie. A decade later. Oh, in this movie, Wild at Heart. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm talking oh, Wild at okay. Heart. I got you. Upside down kissing. This is no, David there's, Lynch's. There's... To get back to the movie, this is David Lynch's romance movie. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's the. I I could see the average movie goer not liking this movie. If you're not like super into movie like specific <sighs> genres, I could see you like you're not gonna show this to your mom and be like, oh, you're you're right. No, no, you hated it. Okay. But the romance part is really all that matters. Yeah. And the rest of it's just the chaos around that and the weird situations they find themselves in. 
And when I said earlier that and there's the not awful, go ahead. The off the awful life of the Laura Dern's character who's been raped at thirteen and had an abortion burnt alive. Uh, had no forced abortion. She's all fucked up from her mother and she just can't let let her mother go until the very end of the movie, which still kind of just comes out of nowhere. But whatever, I can forgive that. It's fine. I don't need it. They, they close it enough where it's like he has that, that moment where she throws the the water on the picture. The picture falls, and you cut back to the picture, and she starts like laughing, and she disappears, like the Wicked Witch of the West. And I do like when it the dissolves to the to the circle shot yeah. and the fam- like Nick Cage is in yeah, there, yeah, and yeah. it's like clearly supposed to be the crystal ball. Like even the opening shot when you first see yeah. him is a little crystal ball, and you never see the yeah, crystal you, ball again. You see the crystal ball about I think three times in the movie, but it's never like because, you know, the first one three. is you see the hand enter the frame on it, and the next ones are just kind of yeah. like there. Oh, no, 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 no. The hand comes in the last one. Oh, okay. The last one, yeah. It, I, it, it comes back. Yeah, the last one comes back. So it's like that pudgy hand with the. Nail I did have to do some skimming. Comes in to to be yeah. ready by showtime. Oh yes. Okay. That was that was at the end of the movie. He sees the crystal ball again, and he goes, "What do you faggots want?" And they beat him, and he goes, "I want to apologize for calling yeah. you guys homosexuals." You guys have <laughs> really opened my eyes. <laughs> I'm so sorry for calling you gentlemen homosexuals. Yeah. I, I was going to quote you that, <laughs> that in the funny. chat, but I'm like, we said that mo- that word enough. We're good. Yeah, it's funny. It was funny. It, just, it works in this movie, the context of the story. He just got out of prison. I thought that was, yeah, I thought it was good. That was Diane, or uh, where Diane Ladd's uh, gang was going to kill him, and that was going to be the end of the movie. I didn't realize it was just some random gang. Yeah. It wasn't like it was it's, set up. It's a multi ethnic gang, which doesn't exist in real it's, life it's at hilarious. all. Hilarious. Japanese guy, Mexican guy, black guy, white guy. And they're all getting along. It's peace. It's, it's peace hands the across world. the world, and they're a gang. It's like a... They're like 80s warrior gang. I was just going to say, you, you expect Charles Bronson to show up and shoot him down with a gun, handgun this long. That's hey, scumbag. Car. We're still in the fucking car, man. What's it to you? It's my, it's car. my car. Fuck, you're going to die then. <laughs> you about to die? Like, they blow him away for no. Yeah, just totally blows him away. Yeah. he buys a new car just to kill these two people. He's so excited to shoot him too. It's so wonderful. That's Death, Death Wish Three masterpiece. Death Wish Three is a fantastic film. I recommend everyone go see it. You got Richard Lynch, not related to Richard, David Lynch no. though. Richard Lynch is not in Death Wish Three. I thought he was. No, it's the guy from Willow. He's the bad guy on Willow. He's the bad guy in this movie. Is Richard Lynch in Invasion USA then? Yes, Richard okay. Lynch is in Invasion same USA. Same movie. Same idea. Same ending. Invasion Invasion USA is much more boring. Yeah. Whereas Death Wish 3 is just a magical film. It is. Death Wish 3, you don't need to watch the rest of them. Oh, God, no. Don't even no. bother. They're fucking terrible. Don't even watch the first one. No, no. He, Unless you want to see, it's the same see, steps. Uh, uh, Ch- Charles Bronson uh, fill a sock full of pennies and fight people. I just picture starts off. He has a sock full of pennies. I picture the script for for one of the Death Wish movies, and like every time it says the word like wife, I just picture like the, yes. the writers for the second one like one of those autofill things, and it's like girlfriend. The next right. one's like best friend. No. Best friend gets raped Dead. and killed. Oh, all right. Dead. And that's the same Dead. fucking Dead. movie. Yeah. 
It's Mad Libs. Love interest, dead. <laughs> Friend, dead. Has a gun shipped to him in the mail. Blows away five guys. His father, raped and murdered. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay, Deathwish. Deadly. Daddy, why? Why do they do this to you, Daddy? <laughs> I'm ninety. I'm eight, I'm 105 years old, son. Oh, why? father, I'm. <laughs> oh my God, I'm gonna take them out. I can't believe they they raped and murdered my 106 year old father. Holy shit! I cannot believe this. My cop, he's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking this old what's guy. This what's it to you? What's this? Old my father. He's my, dad. <laughs> he's my father. He's not even Asian. I'm not either. What? What am I native what are or you? Filipino? Not, you can't I, really I tell. Know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think I'm. I think I'm Hispanic. I no, no, not really. I think I'm Jewish. I look Filipino Actually, I or native, Jewish. and and I or Mexican, and I Actually, sound I, native. I, yeah, I think he's Bronstein. I think he's uh, <laughs> Charlie Bro- Brokowski or something. Sounds like what, something you tell guys talk about in your hate group. We're not here to discuss that. <laughs> There's, oh, no, it's a love group. I love Charles Bronson. There's a director, David Lynch, on DVD process, original making of featurette on here. Dell's Lunch yes. Counter, ex- extended interviews. I don't have this on Blu-ray because it's, like, it's expensive. It's one of those, like, collector's ones. Uh, it's on. I saw it on sale at $17 right now mm. on Blu-ray no. at, on Amazon. I just DVD. Saw it. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It has the same special features and everything. I almost bought it. Special edition. I, like, yeah, I might buy that. Yeah. It's the same thing. But it's Blu-ray. Those sweet, sweet MGM. Now, is that a criteria? Is that a criterion? No, this is just regular. See, that's interesting. Usually, Lynch is just criterion all the way. You know what was weird about this movie? The first time I watched it, I was like watching the movie, and I'm like, "Oh, Laura Dern, topless." I didn't expect that in a million years. I just assumed she's one of those actresses that never did that. Well, she said she doesn't normally do nudity, but she changed her mind for this movie. It was. It was. It's not like some an actress. I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, Laura. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, she's got going on. She's not bad looking, but yeah, it's like, wow, that's a shock. You come out of nowhere. Yeah, that's that's. Oh, honey, you fuck so good. Because it cuts to her the first time you see it, and she's like, she's putting on her bra. I'm like, yeah. oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, that's oh. my burning memory of this movie from when I was a kid, and it was on TV. That was the first thing I saw. And I was like, what the shit is this? You see, why Nick- am I interested? I know both of our movies today have someone in a black speedo underwear, a man, Nick Cage in this, yes. and then uh, Franco in this. Well, because that's I think that's Nick Cage's go-to underwear. It, it's got to be. Cause I love these. They're so he wears them in every movie. Get a nice bulk. Seen, I've seen him wear them. Yeah, he buys them bulk. Except in Mandy, he's wearing like the '80s briefs. Tiny whiteies, yeah, yeah. That like, was more like a joke, I think. That was yeah. Like, that, Cosmos, Cos, Cosmatos was making was making fun of him. Got to be. He's like, oh, bring Listen, up George. I I'll bring up the black pair of underwear I have for movies. I got He's my like, black hoodies in there. Come on now. We're not doing that. No, no, Nick. I don't know why I talk like that. No, no, Nick. Actually, Nick oh, talks, Nick. Talks, talks like no, no. I think he talks. He's hey, how you doing, Nick? Hey, it's George. It's me, George. What's going on? <laughs> I think he talks like that. I think he's like Bronx or something. Isn't he Greek? I have no idea. His dad directed Cobra. I know that. His dad was the um, was a director in the eighties, in the seventies. I think he was the director on Tombstone, but he fell apart, and uh, Kurt Russell had to finish the job. But oh, yeah. he gets credit for Tombstone. He still gets direct directorial credit, and everybody says that um, 
um, Kurt Russell directed Tombstone, which is kind of interesting. He gets no credit for it. And he's never really directed a movie ever since. Kurt Russell? You know, Kurt Russell. I, I can't think of a movie he's directed. He's constantly working. He doesn't have time. I guess. You know what happens when you direct a movie after you're an established actor was that's successful? Hey. So maybe. Say what you will. Roger Ebert gave Sonny a glowing review. Two male prostitute thumbs up my ass. <laughs> I love it. Here, cocksucker! Get right. out of here! So, Wild at Heart. He's my highest. He's my, he's my number one client. You don't mess with him. Do we even need to discuss good, the plot of Wild at Heart? Well, it's simple. It's just they're on the run because um, he wants to marry her. He wants to take her to California. So they're from, I guess they're, are they from Texas? I don't think so, right? They're from like the Midwest. They're from, or are they, are it they says from, in, the, are in, they? The, uh, in the thing here. Let's find out. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was like North, North Carolina. Is that what? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, that's what it was. Yeah. Well, so both movies take place in New Orleans. There's both uh, heavy moments of New Orleans in this. Well, I noticed, uh, yeah, Cage has, an, and we'll talk about this more during Sunny. In fact, I'll save it because that's clearly just, just New Orleans based. Yeah. But uh, basically the whole thing is they're in love. They're trying to escape and get away from the mom who's hired a hitman to get them. Do you notice the scene where she first hires that dude in the opening? Is that not the same stairway yeah. from uh, Untouchables? Very similar, if so. it's not the same. I don't know, maybe, but I don't think so. No, it's not. It's not, because that's a different... Yeah, that's a, the beginning where he, he beats that guy's head in. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not the same thing. That's a totally different area. It, it's, it looks a lot because like it's, it. It's, it's not it, though. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's not it. I'll beat his head in for you, baby. Lulu! And Lulu! He beats that dude's head in so I love much. You, Lulu. I was pretty good. It looked like a pie. Like you're bleeding out like a like a chocolate pie. We buy the store and you crack it open. <laughs> Not as red as that scene where um Diane Ladd yeah. was covered in lipstick. Yeah, that that was hilarious. <laughs> that the music was... in this the stick. Yeah. <laughs> it would constantly cut the <laughs> Yeah. I guess did you read that that trivia? Where no. um, uh, Lord Dern's son, he told he wanted to watch all his mom's movies, and he says, "Well, <laughs> David Lynch told him you shouldn't watch this one until you're 30." And and they, he's like, "Well, why? It's not because your mother's naked; it's because your grandmother's crazy, <laughs> and I don't want <laughs> you to see that." <laughs> so I guess that was the reason why he didn't want him to watch it. That's funny because she's just she goes, she goes for it. She is all in. She is just on her yeah, own she's for most great. of her scenes, oh, she's, doing a thing. She's fantastic. She's got that she's got a hand thing where like she's crazy, yeah, and like that hand. She's got that hand gesture where she's like, you know, it's just, she's obviously unstable, and she just goes with it. It's great. She does such a great job. She's a wonderful villain in this movie. I'm looking her up. I didn't realize yeah, she, she was. Dern's, she's still working. And it's Laura Dern's mother in real life. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Mr. Um, Bruce Dern. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Bruce Dern himself put it in her 
and create Laura Dern. <laughs> what a ugly couple to create Laura Dern somehow. I think I'm pretty. I'm Bruce Dern. What are you talking about? I can still I do running. I run now. I still do marathons. Great, Bruce. In his 80s. Yeah. I, I love Bruce Dern, but come on. That kid's <laughs> a meatball. His greatest his greatest role is the Burbs. The Burbs? And, and then uh he's in Black Sunday. He's I need to see I haven't seen Black Sunday yeah, I need to watch that one. Who, I know he's probably good in that he plays a psycho, right? Who directed that movie? Uh, your buddy. Yeah. John Frankenheimer. I made that movie and I didn't work for a while. Okay, so what? Fast forward, fast forward. Just... You got a bunch of side characters. None of it really matters um, as far as just getting through this show. Basically, the p- plot is she finds out she's pregnant, and then the rest of Laura Dean Dern's scenes is either A, getting felt up by Willem Dafoe, or B, laying yeah. in bed. That's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Until the very the end. The whole world is shit. It's yeah. shit. It's wild and hard. It's hard. It's hard. Just go to bed, Lulu. Go to sleep, honey. This movie felt like a... Part of the reason I don't love it as much as I should is it does feel like there's a lot borrowed from Raising Arizona. Just with Cage. Uh, I feel like Cage borrowed a lot from himself from Raising Arizona. The the panties on his head, I kept saying, son, there's a panty on your head. (laughs) When they robbed the feed store. Yeah. And that was another... Uh, but but you know this is how you know you're in a David Lynch movie. Random, f- weird body horror comedy. The guy gets his hand blown off. Dog. He's like, "Where's my hand? Where is it?" And the dog runs off with it. Go get it. They reattach it, and they're just bleeding out. And they're just like, "I'm fine. It's all right." It cuts the outside the store, the feed or the bank, and that dog's just slowly yeah. trotting off with it. And the dog's running away with a hand. And I was like, "That comes out of absolutely nowhere." Yeah. And then uh, uh, William Defoe's exit as a human being in this movie is wonderful. <laughs> he gets shot up, and then he falls on his own shotgun. Yeah. His head off, <laughs> which was hilarious. And then Cage goes, that poor boy, or something like that. That poor boy. <laughs> oh, no, poor Bobby. <laughs> poor Bobby. I uh, know that he was, he, he... Now, do you think Nick Cage is that no. stupid in this movie? Where you didn't understand that was, he was a hitman. See, that's and he was going to kill him. That's the problem with the movie. That's why Raising Arizona works better. He has agency in Raising Arizona. This movie, I never get a sense of what Cage is. Yeah, like because well, it's more it, of a fairy tale than anything else. Yeah, it's kind of like a Cage, like this Amos and Andrew and, and yeah. Raising Arizona are kind of like the criminal Cage of this era. And yeah, this one. That's why I said there's flaws in this movie. I never quite get a sense of him as a character. And I, I was reading because it's like him and Laura Dern were spoke like are together as a character. They're not supposed to be separate characters, right? Right. But and I get that, but I don't know I, to to answer you. I guess I I don't know how dumb he is. I don't well, know how, if he knows they, what's going yeah. on. It doesn't seem like it. They never they never really go into his backstory. You have an idea, a loose idea. That he used to be kind of a drug runner. He's a driver for somebody. He did yeah. runs for somebody. He got out of it, and then he's just he's got a violent temper. He kills people at will, at random, but then he goes to prison for it. But then he got out of prison for good behavior. And I guess I mean, <laughs> he serves two years for smashing a guy's head into a wall pretty brutally. But I guess it was self-defense. He, he serves like six year, five years for 
a manslaughter. I'm a manslaughterer, he says at the end. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's oh, that's Raising Arizona. That Those lines yeah. are all out of that movie. And it's a, it's a far there, superior yeah. movie than this. But this yeah. one's still really good. Um, they, I did enjoy it. She has the baby. He catches up after he gets out of prison yeah. for the for the heist there, which Willem Dafoe slaughters everyone. He gets arrested, goes yeah. to prison, gets out, and then she picks him up, and then he meets his son for the first time, and uh, he hands him a stuffed animal. So he's in prison, gets out, gets his son, gets his child a stuffed animal. So I'll play that scene right here. Doing a podcast, I'll call you back. My brother. Oh. He's in Japan. I assumed as much. No, but I was saying Nick Cage was in prison for a crime yes. he didn't really commit. He gets out and he hands his child, who he's never met, a stuffed animal. I was just right. going to show that scene right here. Yeah. Yeah, here it goes. Just like from, uh, just like. <laughs> exactly. There you go. There's the touching scene. It's the same fucking Happy scene. Birthday, it's the same it exact is. scene. But the one in, in, in Wild at Heart is much better. <laughs> uh, you don't really know me. It's okay. I'll just walk away. I can walk away. You don't know me. He don't know who I am. That's fine. That's very sweet. Here's, and then John oh, Malkovich attacks him with his gang of ghouls. Sorry. I, I meant to play this one. Yeah, he shakes his hand. It's a pleasure to meet you, Ace. Yeah. <laughs> I like that better. He gives him the lion. I will help my friend with diabetes find a shot of insulin. You better love that song because you're not going to stop hearing it in this movie. I really didn't notice. It didn't bother me. I I didn't really hit on that. It's in so many David Lynch movies that I couldn't help. Especially because I watched the Twin Peaks, all of it. And I watched the you know Firewalk with Me, Twin Peaks, which is awesome, by the way. Right, Not as right. good as the deleted things. scenes from uh, Firewalk with Me. It's called like the Lost. What's it? I forget what it's called exactly. Sorry, Lost. Not Lost. Something. Cut. No, like mm. Twin Peaks. I'll look it up, but that's way better. The scenes that he cut out are like better than the actual movie was. Like, oh, it's wow. bizarre. What is that called? Um, Twin Peaks. Well, that's right. Well, you get you get Sherilyn Finn in this movie as the missing a pieces. Of a car accident. The missing pieces. Okay. Well, you got Cheryl Finn in this movie with her head cut open, and she's like, "I gotta find my purse. Where's my purse? Don't tell my mama." And then she just dies. And yeah. Laura Dern's like, "Ah, oh, she's dead. Oh my God, she's dead." That was a sailor. That was a bad omen, sailor. A soul sailor. And then. Um, Oh, I found out some interesting information on that guy that's in the movie from uh, from uh, uh, Miller's Crossing. Same actor. Which one? Uh, the guy that's in Esposito or whatever in this movie. Esposito. Now, come on, honey. He's uh, he's the guy that uh, she hires after he kills. He has basically Harry Dean Stanton killed, and he takes over. Okay. He's he, that crazy yeah. fucking bitch. How good is Harry Dean Stanton? He's good. He's good and sunny. I, I was just going to say, we'll talk about him more in Sunny because that's what we have he's to talk about. Um, yeah, he's great. He's how, good in this. I mean, he's just, he's, he's great really in this. Good. He could play. I didn't realize that he could be so vulnerable because you just feel he's so bad sad. for him in this movie. He just looks sad so all sad. the time. 
because he really loves her. He really loves. And she doesn't um, give a shit. What's her name? Diane Ladd's character. Well, she, Diane Ladd. I think she loves him too, but it's just she's so fucking nuts. She can't accept like one person at a time, and she can like she could separate from it way quicker than normal people because she's just got no empathy. So he's just looking at her, and right when he realizes that who killed him, who has him killed, he gets it right there. And he goes, "Oh, she did this to me," and then boom. He gets killed, and she's like, oh, man, that's rough. I feel like Harry Dean Stanton is an actor who will never get his due. And I think he did. No, I think he's better than he was ever given credit for. Like, he saves saves Sonny, if you ask me. He's very good, Sonny. Yeah, but this, he's really good, and yeah, you're right. Diane Ladd, she doesn't, she cares, but she seems more like a person, whoever is directly in front of her. Right, exactly. Is, is yeah. who she's giving her attention to and who she's obsessed with because they can benefit her yeah. literally right now. It's yeah. it's not like she's not thinking long term at all ever. She's like he's in yeah. front of me, therefore fuck that guy, kill him. She's in front of the guy she's about to get killed. I don't want you to like you're the one. Oh, <laughs> like doesn't connect yeah. her own right yeah. involvement at all with this situation. And she likes she likes to burn people alive. <laughs> She's a big uh, fan of burning people alive. Yeah, and there's a whole backstory about Nick Cage being there with a. Uh... Yeah, it wasn't Isabel well, Rossellini. Well, Isabel Rossellini used to be someone that he hung out with, and she doesn't yeah. tell him that he's got a contract on him. I didn't tell him nothing. I tell him nothing. But they were together yeah, so when that happened. That's my girl. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. And it seems like was Cage. Uh, sorry, this is the part I had to kind of fast forward through. Was Cage responsible for the death, or was he just there? Like ultimately, no. They show later this, uh, the guy that kills Harry Dean Stanton's in the room with her, and he leaves the bedroom window. Okay, he goes out the bedroom. Window this part I missed. Killed him that day. Yeah. So he, and he's coming up to because he tells Laura Dern, "I was there when your dad had burned up," because he was working for DeSantos or whatever. Um in the movie who was this who was the the dean in uh um what do you call it uh, um miller's crossing you're so damn smart you're so goddamn smart i had to make some choices to fast forward through and it was pretty much every scene with isabella rosalini i was like nope she's barely can't understand her anyway fast forward no it's interesting and uh, she's doing her best uh, Pulp Fiction impression. She is. Before Pulp Fiction. And uh, Blueberry Pancakes. I also do want to mention that Pruitt, Pruitt uh, Taylor Vince is in this movie. And he looks yes, for about young. Two seconds. He looks so he young in that young. scene, is, though. He was just in Jacob's Ladder. And then he yeah. shows up in this movie. And then also Jack Palance. Or not Jack Palance, but uh, Jack. Uh, I wish. No, what is, what is that guy's name? Um, Jack. David Lynch. I'm in this movie too. (laughs) The guy who's Eraserhead. Yeah, why can't I think of his name right now? Jack Dance. I had to to look it up. His name is Double O Spool, apparently. Really, who died tragically because somebody was addicted to something. They died of an overdose and he lost his wife or something. Or what was it? Um, I'll have to look it up. I don't remember the exact details. His career, I guess they were saying he was like this close to being a superstar, that guy. Because he always missed out on the parts that went out. He was always second choice for these big parts, which was really kind of sad. I can read because, off. Because like it just shows his you. Death. 
The, oh, yeah, yeah. What was it? No, you're right, though. He, he, he was... He spent like five years making eraser heads. He didn't cut his hair. That's yeah. how committed this guy was. The dude's loyal as hell. Um, yeah. And from all accounts, is super, like a super dude. But, um, and he's really good in this, but the problem is he has David Lynch dialogue from Twin Peaks. Because this was when he was making Twin Peaks. And the dialogue is? is nonsense. Remember, he's like, I, I have a, my dog. I lost my dog. See, I didn't mention what kind of dog, but you're picturing it. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here going, literally did not picture any dog. You said dog. I yeah. heard the word. Didn't picture a dog. You probably think it's Collie. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. He, David, <laughs> David Lynch dialogue. And this is the part I don't like about David Lynch is there's no reason for this. Maybe right. there is for you, but save your own edit of the no. movie if that's whatever. Right. His well, death. Just, I guess. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's the style. Well, it's just David Lynch style, I think. He likes to be just... For David Lynch, that must mean something. It's got to mean something that's deeper than he than it appeals, but then it's like, you try to ask him, he's probably like, I fucking don't know, I don't remember. Oh, no, it'd be... That, that would be the answer. I can't explain. I don't have to explain it. Like, no, you don't, but... Fuck you. you Fuck you. My question would be, do you even know? Or are you just throwing in there to be weird? Well, Which is where I draw the line. Shut up. Shut <laughs> yeah. up. His uh, Jack Nance, his death was a result of a brawl in a parking lot outside Winchell's Donut Store at 438 Fair, Fair Oaks Avenue in South Pasadena near his apartment building during the early morning hours of December 29, 1996. Later that day, around 12 noon, he lunched with uh, Leo Bulgarini blah, 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 and Catherine Case at a local restaurant. According to them, Nance had a visible crescent-shaped bruise right under his, under his right eye, and when they asked him how he got it, he told the story about the fight by first quoting, I told off some homeless kids, I guess I got what I deserved. Nance claimed around uh, 5 a.m. he got into a fist fight with two dark-haired young men, possibly Latino, when, who he referred to as long-haired hippies or, or homeless ah! crackheads in the parking lot outside the donut store while waiting for it to open. According to Nance, two homeless him. bums walked up to him and asked him for spare change. Nance refused to give them any money by mouthing off to them saying, get a job and a haircut. And a brawl ensued where Nance received several punches to his face during the fight, and he was knocked down to the ground. Wow. There were no witnesses to the incident. It remains unclear if Nance had been drinking during the morning or who threw the first punch. Wow. He soon, halfway done. He soon went home from the restaurant claiming, uh, complaining of a headache. Oh, it's like the Houdini shit. However, the head injuries he received caused a uh, subdural hematoma, resulting in his death following the morning. I'm sorry. Resulting in his death the following morning, over 24 hours later after oh. he re after receiving the injuries, Nance died wow. alone in his, in his apartment. His dead body, clad in a robe and pajamas, was discovered on the bathroom floor by uh, Bulgarini, who checked up on uh, around noon of December 30th. An autopsy revealed that the actor's blood alcohol level was 0.24% at the time. Holy shit, that's, that's, that's like the lethal um, amount of alcohol. The well, men involved, trying to uh, yeah, the pain they was having. But it sounds like he was also drinking a lot at that time, anyway. Well, yeah, no, he was already in full down drunk. Yeah, the men involved in the brawl let the Nance's death have never been arrested or identified. The police are treating Nance's death as a cold case. Yeah. I know it's a lot, but that's sad as shit. Son-in-law of Jerry Van it Dyke, nephew-in-law of Dick Van Dyke, did not know that. Yes, because I think no, no, yeah, because she committed suicide. Jerry Van Dyke's daughter was married to him, and she committed oh, suicide. Here we go. She was a drug. She was a druggy addict as well. 
and that didn't help him out. Suffered from alcoholism most of his adult life and was an AA recovery off and on for over 10 years prior to his death. Yeah. Now. Uh, he got an accident. Well, he got in a car was, accident right before he so, died. So, yeah, I, I think he had again. so much. Dep- he had so much depression, probably because of the whole like, I was this close to being something, and now all I am is a racer head. It's like that's all I'm ever going to be. And he probably like he came this close to being like big star, and it just didn't happen. I think he's great in Twin I mean, Peaks. Well, he's good. He's a good actor. It's just he just could have been bigger. He could have been yeah. successful. He probably looked at it like he was living in a fucking apartment at forty-five years old, or however old he was. And he's like, "What? Where did my like? This is my life. What the fuck? Like, this is it. I have nobody loves me. She killed herself. That's oh, all I have in 53. that apartment. Fifty-three. Yeah, I, I just all I have is booze. It's only going to keep me healthy. And he's in almost all of David Lynch's movies at that point. Eraserhead, yeah, Blue Velvet, yeah. Dune, Wild at Heart, Lost Highway. Yeah. It just. I don't know if he's an Elephant Man. I don't think so. No, he's not. He's in Johnny Dangerously. He's in The Blob. Yeah. I forgot he's yeah. in The Blob. We just did that on the last episode of the, the show, or however many yeah. ago. Um, yeah. He put him in Twin Peaks, The Missing Pieces, and he also put him in the new Twin Peaks show, the third season there. Right, where right. everyone, after he made that show, died. Died, yeah. The entire well, cast mean, died after that show. It was crazy. Let's be honest, they're... No, I, I know why, people, so but it's not like it's not supernatural. People live to their nineties, and they all died like sixty-seven or seventy-two. Like yeah, all of them yeah. die within the same like year and a half range. It's weird. Yeah. And Miguel Ferrer. Miguel, he was fifty. Fifty. Was young. Yeah, was, that, I think he was, was exactly sad. fifty when we looked it up. Yeah. No. Were you the one who told me that? Oh, no, I think it was Perry. Told me that his first day in Hollywood, he was he was he was driving trying to find somewhere to eat, and he. The first celebrity he met was Miguel Ferrer, and they talked on Sunset Boulevard. He was in his car, and he goes, "Hey, man, do you know where a place?" And he like he goes, "Oh yeah!" And like he was, he said he was super nice, gave him directions, made sure Perry knew how to get there. And he says, "Oh yeah, it's a great place to go eat. So try that place out, and just make sure you get there now." And about like, he was very sweet. And this is that Sunset in Hollywood or Sunset in Sunset in in, in Highlands, where like the Strawberry like, School. Like, he was given. Getting all this information from him, which is hilarious. I'm so pissed I wasn't there because I I love that. I could have met someone from the stand. That was that was Perry's first uh, celebrity encounter in in Hollywood when we lived there. That's hilarious. Mine was Mel Gibson when we when we moved there, and I got to meet him and talk to him. So it was a little bit different. I can't remember. I can't remember who my first who my first was. I don't know. Did he treat you good, Mel? (laughs) <laughs> and Mel, Melvin, it's yeah, Mel yeah, being Mel. yeah, it was fine. No, Mel was nice. No, Mel's Mel, you know. Um, yeah, you, you can't stop him from doing what he's gonna do. Mel's Mel. I don't know. What, I hate when people do that with celebrities. Did he say that? No, to no. You? I'm saying when people Listen, talk about Phoenix, someone, Mel gotta be Mel, okay? No, when when you hear someone else describe a celebrity. You know, John's John. Like in this movie, David David Lynch. Uh, David's gonna be David. You know. I'm like, right, oh my yeah. god, just say he's an asshole. Just say he's an asshole. Move he's on. I respect you. Yeah. Right. We're done. So, right. Yeah, I give. I. I yeah. yeah. I, I. I give this movie an eight out of ten. I really enjoyed it. I really gave it a seven. It. Yeah, I give it an eight. I, I do. I did like it more than I thought I would. So. It's time to get to where did I rank this Sunday. movie? Bing! 
Nope, those are the credits. Let's try something oh, else. Oh well, there you go. Bling. Bling. You nope. don't even know your own. You don't even know your own brand. Boom. There it is. There you go. I put it yeah, at fifteen for movies, uh, nine for Cage because Cage is really good in it. He is good in this movie. Yeah, he's very he's very sedate and calm in this movie, even when he's being goofy. He only has one like yelling scene. Yeah, and when he sings, and when he does his kicks, he does a lot yeah. of kicks in this movie. He's dan- <laughs> I just want to dance, baby, and all he does is kick. I guess he's kicking in the air. That's all he does is when he dances. he does his Elvis it's thing. Hilarious. He sings two he Elvis songs Elvis. in the movie. He was kicking like prisoners of Ghostland. Yeah. Can't fault hey! him on that. He, that's his thing. That's his go-to. He, he's but now good. we have to discuss the second part of this journey, which is the Nicolas Cage-directed Sonny, starring Jimmy Franco. IMDb rating for Wild of Heart. IMDb, 7.2. I put it at 7. That you put it at 8. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, we're we're good there. Yeah. I just have some faults with this movie. All of it is in uh, structure wise yeah. for me. That's it. But that's right, it's just right. personal preference and yada yada yeah. yada. I'm to the point where I, the little things in movies make them better. So if they're weird or awkward or bold choices, I'm kind of like all for them because it's not boring. So I'm like, okay, at least it's not boring. I used to be so fucking against that. Yes. But now, well, because now everything is so fucking boring and, and bland. Pedestrian. It's all vanilla bland. cereal like, toast. No, Yeah, nobody takes chance. Ugh. All medium, close up, wide shot. That's it. No one takes chances with shots or some kind of, like, even actors. All the actors now are boring because they're all like fucking Instagram models. They don't have any talent and they don't have any style or charisma. They're boring. Do you know, say, they just suck. Nope. No, this is a Hollywood is Dead conversation. We'll talk about this later. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, well, I was going to say something that would really break it open and, and lead to a really big discussion that would be pointless for this blood show. Blood everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Blood everywhere. So it's hot. Let's it's get out of here. Sunny. Let's move on to Sunny. Oh, Let's finish up this show, yeah, though. Let's yeah. put our final nail in the coffin of this one and hear our outro here. Um, well, I thought uh, we had to talk about Sunny and, and this was the Battle of the Bees. Nope. This is the same episode. Nope. Is it not? Look above. Oh. Well, this next episode. <laughs> now, if you're playing the movie on a telephone, you will never in a trillion years experience the film. Now, if you're playing the movie on a telephone,